1: This is the Art Beauty Podcast, where we tell the real truth about the fake shit. I'm Amber, and today my fabulous co-host is the one, the only, Vince Spinato. He is a cosmetic chemist, certified nose. He's got a book out. He is behind some of the biggest brands that you've ever heard of. He's made over $1 billion for his clients, and I'm so excited to have him on because he's... Just written a tell-all about his time developing fragrances for some of the finest in Hollywood. Welcome, welcome, welcome.
0: Thank you, thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
1: <gasps> so I have to ask, where are you right now, though? I'm in
0: my house the beach. I'm, uh, in Laguna Beach, Beach, California. But okay, I'm- so you're
1: so you're Cali now um, because yeah. I know that you told me before you're a Jersey guy.
0: I am. I grew up, uh, born in Philadelphia, and grew up in South Jersey, right in a uh, Violin, which is uh, right just south of uh, like Atlantic City, by like ten minutes, so pretty much on the on the Jersey Shore.
1: I have to ask you then: Are you like, have, are you a sports guy? Is it Eagles? Are we Giants, oh my, Jets?
0: Oh my God! Yeah, no, you hit it right the first time. We're hard, hardcore Eagles, fourth fourth, fourth generation Eagles, big time. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay, go Eagles! Um, fly Eagles, okay. fly. My husband is from Philly, so that's. Oh yeah,
0: we so you know? so you know how serious it is?
1: <laughs> oh, I I know. When they won the Super Bowl, he cried.
0: <laughs> oh, so I cried for actually days. And I, so- I, even and honestly, even once in a while, I still go back to YouTube and I watch the people <laughs> like like people actually winning, and I still cry.
1: So does he? Like, I mean, yeah. I'll come in sometimes, and I'm like, "What are you doing?" And he's actually just re-watching the game, and I'm like, "Wow, okay, right. amazing." So I really, you know,
0: really, we waited a really, really, really long time for that.
1: Okay, so Vince, for people who don't know, you have created fragrances for J-Lo. You've created fragrances for, I tell some of the people.
0: Yeah, well, pretty much I work in all categories. So hair care, skincare. care, Bath and Body, manicure, pedicure, baby, even pet products—you'll find fragrances actually just kind of a small portion of what I do. But to your point, I started my career in the very uh, late '90s and '95, actually. And my one of my first projects was with Jennifer Lopez's team to work on her fragrance still, which is her second fragrance she got to the market. Uh, and then I kind of went over to Michael Jordan and we did a, we did a line with for him through Bijan uh, when he was kind of pop, really, you know, uh, hot and popular. time. he still is. Um, and then I went over to Jessica Simpson and she at that period of time, she had had a reality show with her husband on MTV. Uh, and that we did actually did a skincare line for her called dessert, which is all like baked edible products. You actually can put them all on your body. They're all, they all were edible. They're so, like low. Right. I
1: remember like that vanilla cakey yeah. smell delicious. Uh-huh. Right.
0: Right. So, And that really kind of just started my career at the celebrity side. But on the, and on the side, I've always been developing products for doctors, retailers, private brands. I mean, from Costco and Trader Joe's up to Chanel and Lauder and everybody in between.
1: So I have to ask, how does, you know, a, a Jersey guy get into this world um, uh, of, of cosmetics and glam and glitz?
0: A very, very embarrassing unfortunately true story because i got which, which was i actually watched the young and restless with my grandmother growing up like starting i guess three years old and i got i mean that's honestly 100 where i got the idea from they had a fictitious cosmetic company on a, on, a, on a company called jabot which is what the whole show was about and that's where i got the idea from so growing up watching the, the young and restless that gave me the <laughs> gave me the idea and it just stuck with me that's that's all that's where it all came from i was again i was in south jersey i was on we're a farm community, you know, by the Jersey shore and on the beach and nothing like that was even around my life. So I got to get the YNR and, and William Bell, the creator of my whole entire career, honestly.
1: I love that. I feel like I'm wearing my like YNR kind of dynasty actually, chic today. You can
0: um, opening with that for sure.
1: I was, well, you know what? I was so excited to have you on today because I feel like I interview so many wonderful people about brands and everything, but I feel like this was kind of my, my, you know, behind the scenes getting a little bit more right. of like the dirt of what goes on. So did you go to school to become a cosmetic chemist? Like what was the process there?
0: I, I didn't, I didn't. I actually, because cosmetic chemistry is not really a real major that exists even in the United States, even today. So really you have to go to school for chemistry which is what I what I did. And then you go ahead and kind of specialize. So you can go into organic chemistry or whatever you're gonna be going into. But I knew, again, like I said from a very young age, what I wanted to do. So when I got ready to go to college, I almost was kind of frustrated and didn't really want to go. And I kind of listened to everybody, my family, my friends. And, oh, just go! You're gonna change your mind, blah blah. And my my college, I went to a, a wonderful school in a, in the Pennsylvania Mountains, you know, only about two hours from New York. And the reason why I'm mentioning that, that I was so fixated what I wanted to do in beauty, I would take my regular classes in college, and you know, and be sometimes it'd be done by 2 p.m. And then me and my buddy, my roommate would get in the car and we'd drive to Manhattan and I would go to Lauder and Lancôme and Revlon and Chanel and Bath and Body Works and be bringing resumes. And this was before 9-11. So you, you actually you get into buildings and you like not getting tackled to the ground, right? And that's what right. I felt. Even when I was in school, I was really frustrated because I knew what I wanted to do. And then two years in, I'm like, screw it. I just got in the car and I drove to California. And I just like, so I didn't even, I didn't really even finish, you know? So I, I, but I ended up doing like five years of school, but I, then but I focused on just, cosmetic chemistry through other companies, you know, and so I, so interned and I worked for, you know, for other cosmetic chemists and mentored them. So I ended up going to school a lot longer, but not a, not a, not a traditional brick and mortar, you know, school,
1: school of life, which I really like. So who was the first person to sort of let you in the door? Because it is such a unique, I am fascinated by you, by the way, I think oh, you're the I, most fascinating okay, cool. person, but I'm it is delightful. such a unique niche, right? to cosmetic chemistry. now I'm sure that you can go to school for this, but you know back when you're starting out, who let you in the door? How did you you break into it? my my
0: my start was because of a of a divorce and I'll tell you why. So I first of all, I always know the day I actually got to California, which is, it was nineteen ninety five and I actually got to California on the day of the OJ verdict results day. So, so I knew oh. the whole city was like shut down, people were waiting. And the reason why I mentioned that, is that I was driving across country for like two weeks. I took, I took my time and I stopped and I went to Vidal Sassoon. And I the first thing I wanted to go to, i mean, like, you know, it was very, very popular salon at the time. And it still is to this day, I guess, right? No, um, no, no, but
1: I know back in the day, cause my sister yeah. was a cosmetologist. So I know the Vidal Sassoon right. like that and that school was insane.
0: Right, so I so I was like literally there with my U-Haul still attached to my car, and that's the first place I went. And I went in there, and we're watching the O.J. verdict results. And Beverly Sassoon, who's Vidal's ex-wife, they were just getting a divorce, and I hit it off with her. She happened to be there. And long story short, uh, a couple months later, she won the hair care line and, and the divorce, and Vidal kept his name in the salons and all that. So she wanted to revamp the hair care line, and we. And she knew about my, my background. So that was my very, very, very first thing. So I started working with Beverly, um, you know, uh, to, to revamp the Vidal Sassoon care line. And I mentioned with her chemist and her team and get that. Cause so that was the very, very first project. And I was, and it happened like only after two days and I got to thank OJ's, uh, trial. <laughs> for, for that, you know, but um, that's how I met her. Now was my very first project. And I, I only started like two weeks after I got to California. It, it was no pay. I was doing it all for free. I lived off my credit cards for two years, which was not a good idea, but you know, that's what I did.
1: Wait, you know what? I, I want to say something interesting. So I grew up, my family um, was in um, television production and my dad always used to, tell although now it's a different time, but I got my first job and he said, go in and tell them that you'll work for free. Right. I think it's an interesting. Like, I want to work here so badly. I will That's work right. for free, and you will see yeah. that I'm a, a worthwhile employee. I, I love that. That's really respectful.
0: That's exactly what I did. Again, it wasn't a good idea financially, but I, I did it for two years. But, but I oh, you that. worked for
1: free for two years.
0: I did. I did, and I I kind of floated the company to company, kind of consulting for them. So, okay. I really, To your point, I want to do it so bad, and, and it's a very, very bizarre. Industry, like you probably, you probably, for example, haven't met too many cosmetic chemists. So you don't like mean it's out of Seven Eleven, right? So it's like we're there's not a lot of us around.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm lucky. I get to work with um New Beauty Magazine, so I I have gotten yeah, right. to speak to a lot of cosmetic, yeah. not a lot. Uh, sorry, let me take that back. Not a lot, a handful. Yeah. And being in this business for this that's long, that's, like,
0: regular, the probably the regular layperson that was just kind of out in the world just say, hey, I've never really met cosmetic chemists or perfumers before, you
1: know? No, that's what I was saying it's like sort of a niche industry to get into.
0: Right. Um, and, that, and that was the reason why I kind of really couldn't find a home for myself find it to get I mean to be paid because it just wasn't I didn't have an experience, right? And also I didn't I was only nineteen years old doing this. Um, and still to this day, um uh, I never worked for anybody in my life. I, so I started my company in ninety five and I always been a consultant you know, so I'd never been on a w two my whole entire life. so I just I'm not a, I'm wired one trillion percent entrepreneurial. I just cannot. I'm a I'm a phenomenal collaborator. I work great with my everybody, but I'm just not a. Uh, I can't be told what to do. <laughs> That's the best way to put Which it. Which
1: I I love that, and and you know what? Look, it's it's literally paid off because you've made over a billion dollars for your oh, for other
0: people. I for other people, yeah, unfortunately. Right.
1: Well, but and so then it made sense, like you said. You now have your own line. Right. So tell me a little bit about what when that decision was, what that aha moment was.
0: Well, that actually was my i that that's what I wanted to do when I was a kid. So that was like even when I was a, that's how like this whole kind of thing with the young and the wrestlers kind of shaped me. As early as eleven or twelve or thirteen, I was already designing fragrance bottles, and we had a logo. And my my flash forward a couple of years, my friend in high school was the fashion, with a interior designer, and like a going to school for interior design, like and at a high school level, you know, she's kind of studying the courses there, and she developed a logo for me, like in eleventh grade, and that logo still is my logo today for my company twenty five years later. Because so we so we did that kind of together when we were only sixteen sixteen years old. Um, so I knew from day one. And it was Are you guys called- still
1: friends? By the way. We are, we are, are. You
0: see- yeah. Okay, she's in my documentary coming out. Which we'll talk about in a minute, but she's in that. Could we talk about that? How I she knew that, that I wanted to do when I was a kid. I never deviated from what I wanted to do. So I had this fictitious, you know, brand. Is she, is
1: she getting some residuals from this I always
0: logo? Tell them, I do. I, I do. I always tell I'm going to do it because I when to launch my fragrance for sure. And and we have so. My company is called VS Vincenza, which is my brand, which is still the brand as of today. So the the line is called Vincenza Skincare, which is caviar and diamonds. And I developed this um, brand specifically for the launch in Dubai about three years ago. Uh, and because the Dubai is one of the diamond capitals of the world, and I had a great distributor out there who's going to distribute it in the whole Dubai UAE region. And long story short, the, the virus happened, and we so we didn't get a, get a chance to launch it. So now I had this beautiful efficacious, your know, high performance prestige skincare line that we're still trying to find a home for, but, but it's, you can buy it online <sighs> though. We're getting, we're winning awards for it and we're winning, getting all kinds of press, and, and it's not really available anywhere except for online at the moment.
1: Do you think you're going to have like an official launch at some point? You'd, I mean, I guess. Yeah, well we time. have
0: to, yeah, we have to for yeah. sure. Yeah. Just kind of like, like, like everybody things got the real cause of the virus. We have to kind of like regroup and figure out where, where it's going to kind of live and, Unfortunately, it's very, very high in prestige at a very high price point, so it just can't go anywhere. Uh, but it's very efficacious, I and mean, you you feel and see the results within fifteen to thirty seconds. So we have, you know, raw materials in there which are called instant gratifiers, actually give you gratification almost on contact. That's kind of a real big part of the story that you really can see it and feel it right there in front of your right when you put the, put it on.
1: I I know it's funny. I've been talking to people about this a lot lately. I used to work with QVC um, with Murad, and, and it was really hard. People need that instant. It's hard, you know, as much as we know, and, and skincare is tough because skincare right. is, for the most part, it's a long drawn out thing. You're not gonna have these instant results the same way right. that you do with color cosmetics, right? Like now yeah. I've got acne on one side of my face. Look, I put on this foundation, I don't. It, it's not the same with the skincare. So we right. do need that kind of instant right. gratification. Right. So is and that heard- where the diamond comes in?
0: Yeah. Exactly, and, and I and I watched it grow since the early nineties when I started working. Cause I remember like doing consulting for Murad and those kind of companies. And it was like, you know, from at that point, it was like, you know, Hey, all the results were six to eight weeks. And then like, I remember like in the early 2000, it was like two to four weeks and then it became like two weeks and then like one week. And now we're like, literally because I think because of social media and our attention spans it's on contact. And got- contact. in case you back to your point, you know, the, the caviar and diamond, you know, um, combination, as you probably know, our body is about 75% oceanic elements and about 25%, you know, earth metal. So the, the, the caviar portion is the oceanic element part that replenish all the omega-6, omega, all the vitamins back into our skin. Uh, as you probably know, caviar is the spine of life for fish so it keeps you know, the, the embryo alive. So it's very regenerating to the skin. It has a lot of cell turnover. Um, and on the diamond side, it's, very, it's actually called Diamond Cert, which is officially diamond dust. And we partner with the beers up in Canada, and we get the diamond dust from them. And we put it through a whole you know, uh, process to make sure it's all you know, pure and irradiated and very safe to use. And then we go ahead, and then that's very, very rich in magnesium PCA, zinc PCA, copper PCA. And all of this is for cell turnover and restructuring of the epidermis. So um, the caviar extract, again, within 15 to 20 seconds, you see it and feel it right on your skin, right on contact.
1: Oh, I love this. Oh, I cannot wait to try this. So I, I want to now ask you because um, you came out with this book and the book is called My Pursuit of Beauty. A Cosmetic Chemist Reveals the Glitz, the Glam and the Bat Shit Crazy. That's right. So I got so and, and uh, the reason I became fascinated was because, you know, like you said, I've run into people, but you know, you don't run into a lot of cosmetic chemists. And, you know, prior to sort of hearing about this book, like it wasn't a household name. You weren't a household name in all fairness. And then when I started doing my research, I was like, wow, (laughs) well, but but you're kind of gonna be because you've got this book, you've got a documentary. Um, In addition to this fabulous product line, you also are doing now Judy Garland's perfume, um, which is insane, how, like, Let's go back to the celebrity part. Can you right. share like some crazy celebrity story with us?
0: Yeah, actually the, what I actually have it in my book and it was with Lauren Bacall. you know, one of the biggest actresses of all time. I, I had actually met, talk about, you know, just kind of being baldy. I actually crashed Jimmy Stewart's funeral in the very late nineties. Wow. And, and I, I first of all, I, was, I did, I was there to pay my respects. But I happened to be working across the street in Beverly Hills and he had his, he had his mask you know, across the street and in Beverly Hills at the Presbyterian church there. And I saw everybody going in, Kate Hepburn and, and Bob Hope and Casting Grayson and Ann Miller. I mean, all the biggest stars of all time are going in, Lauren Bacall. And I just went back there in the back of the pew and I paid my respects. I, I also was a fan of Jimmy Stewart. So I went in there and, you know, half an hour later, I was just in the parking lot and I just struck up a conversation with Lauren Bacall. And I told her i complimented her on her fragrance. And I just, you know, I love your work and blah, blah, and. You know, and she's like, "What are you doing here?" I said, "Honestly, I cr- I crashed the funeral just because I wanted to pay my respects. I was a big fan of his." Um, and she invited me to lunch a couple of weeks later to the Ivy, which is a famous restaurant in Beverly Hills. And I had lunch with her, and it was one of those things. That's the reason why it's a chapter in my book. is Every single thing that could have gone wrong went wrong. She walked in with a beautiful Donna Karen, white head to toe, white suit with a big brim white hat, and and at the Ivy, if people know the restaurant. It's all on this kind of cobblestone, very kind of old vintage Hollywood. And the tables were rickety. And so I ended up throwing wine on her and knocking spaghetti on her. I, it just was like, everything possibly could have gone wrong. And she was so gracious and fine. But at the very end, she's like, you know what? I'm done. I got to go. And I never heard And <laughs> so it was like, I had so things like that. just were like crazy. Um, They have like one of the biggest, you know, um, legends of all time in front of me. And, and I just did everything wrong you possibly could do. Um, when You read my book, it's a very fun read, and I always a lot of times when I'm being uh, interviewed, you know, for podcasts, specifically your know, book podcasts and that kind of thing. The question I always get asked is, you know, What do you want the reader to take away from it? Like, what is, what is you know, I'm like, and my, I, I tell the truth, literally, if. You take away anything from my book, I'll be disappointed. Like, don't do anything that I did in my book, and you'll be successful a lot faster. I I, I really want to call it a self-help book. What not to do, <laughs> like, what not to do in 35 chapters. Cause it just is like if you can take it, read it, and enjoy it and then do the opposite of that, you'll be successful a lot faster.
1: Yeah, but you know what though, I will say this too. Um, you know, i I've, I've I've gotten to meet like a lot of entrepreneurial people like yourself. And I think that sometimes knowing what people did wrong. It is 10 times more important than knowing what they did right. Although, listen, yeah. I bet you're not the first person to be in Lauren Bacall's presence, be <laughs> nervous and spill something on her. So right. right. shame I on hope- her for wearing white to a lunch. That's right.
0: right. <laughs> With that a fan. And, and ordering spaghetti. That was, that was idiotic.
1: Actually, no, then I get to take it back. B- the balls on that woman. And cheers right. to you, Lauren Bacall, for ordering. Right. Was she drinking red wine, too? She was. You know, lifestyles of the rich and famous. You can wear head to toe white and not even give a shit. You know that. (laughs) Right. Right. Um, And so I have to ask you like, when you worked on JLo's, perfume did you get to like meet her were you were there interaction i
0: did i did and that, and that was the very beginning you know my career so when i say i mean i worked on her fragrance with a with a kilometer with a billion dollar corporation that wasn't like me developing her fragrance by herself but i did get a chance to meet her and i met her a couple times and actually uh, that's really funny you asked that question because we i only met her maybe about 20 minutes about two different times and we totally totally hit it off we just talked about her being from the bronx and me being from jersey and jersey boy and all this kind of stuff and she at the time jenny a block with that that was her chart yeah. top was number one that that period of time I was working with her, and she just nicknamed me Vinny from the block, and and it became my my personal email, and I still have that email today on AOL. I still use for kind of just like bullshit stuff, like for hotel reservations, or whatever. So I still have this Vinny from the block at AOL email that I so I think her every time I use it because she named me that, um and she was lovely, a great businesswoman, very intelligent, just, and just absolutely wonderful woman to work with. But again, I worked with a whole gigantic. Team up, a team because I was I it was one of my first projects I was still with a kid you know working on it but to your point I kept leading into more celebrities by default.
1: I mean, do you find that like working with, um, you know, you mentioned you also work with doctors? Do you find that working with celebrities is that does that give an added? It must give it like an added pressure, or do they find that it's easier because they know what they want or? It's, it's, it's added
0: pressure a lot of times because of the uh, the timing. Like they, they have, may have like an album dropping or they may have a movie coming out or whatever. And, and one thing we haven't chatted about, you know, to get like this bottle of water, you know, to market, this was a skincare product. I mean, we had to do the formulation, which takes, you know, six or eight months. I mean, you have to cap the bottle, the label, the barcoding, the regulatory copy, the ingredients, all this kind of stuff. And to get a, to get a moisturizer to market from scratch, you're talking about two years. It's not, a, wow. it's not a fast process. It's very, very involved. It goes through all the regulatory. We do everything custom and from scratch for all of our clients. So that part was always, again, if they had an out, oh, I'm going to be on Jimmy Fallon and blah, blah, blah. So you have to be ready for the stuff. And that was like, a lot of times, you're not realistic for the timeline. So that's where the stress part right. in. Everybody wants to move so fast because they have a b and c going on but i can't like if the fda says you got to do stability for 90 days what you do i can't make 90 days go faster than 90 days i just I can't no matter what i do 90 days is 90 days that's the law right so i can't change that you know and we're an fda otc drug facility and we just can't cut those kind of corners so that's what where is are with stress
1: so do you now have your own lab that you oh, yeah. yeah for many yeah. years yeah, so
0: I have, I have a lab in Laguna Beach, which is our R&D lab, where we develop everything. And then we have a 100,000 square foot manufacturing plant out in Tempe, Arizona. So all the-, so all the Wow, R&D. so
1: you handle everything.
0: Yeah, full concept to launch, exactly.
1: So yep. when I'm ready to put my name on something, I'm going to call you up and we're going to figure not it out.
0: Not shop, exactly.
1: Just I need to make sure that I have two years to wait, that I've got a realistic timeline. Right. <laughs> that's
0: right. 18 months is the magic number. And that's normally our magic number. Gotcha. Yeah.
1: Um, you know, I think it's so interesting, too. You see all these small, smaller brands coming up now. Have you seen a big change? Like, are you getting a lot more, um, you know, individual people and not big conglomerate sales?
0: Yes, yes, yes. We we kind of, to your point, we kind of actually, by default, started specializing in, in smaller brands, like really nice, solid you know, five, 10, $15 million brands rather than like these billion-dollar corporations. because they, a lot of times, of course, they have the team to do everything themselves. But for, for example, I worked on a stew for Oil of Alay, Regeneres, many, many, many years ago. Um, not because, not because they don't have a massive team, they do. But a lot of times they'll bring in just chemists from the outside, just for fresh ideas. You know, they, sure. have, they have one of the most brilliant chemists in the world. So they don't need Ben Spinato, but they. But I'm also a trend forecast writer. Again, I work with all the celebrities. I'm kind of I'm out here in LA and in Hollywood. So a lot of times they bring people like out in just for a fresh idea, and that's where that's when we get the big one. But but to your point, um, I would say 90% of our work are these smaller brands, you know, indie brands. That want to, that has smaller volume what that are clean sustainable green all these kind of different stories that we kind of get them to uh, be at the yeah and we, we, we and technology keeps changing very rapidly so we always have to be yeah. changing technology that. like that etc right
1: so what does it take you know like uh, at the very entry level for some of this you know now that we're getting the behind the scenes working like what what kind of financial commitment does that require because sometimes I see these brands and I'm like how much money did you have to come up with? You're you're saying millions of dollars. Well, not that
0: much, but but it's not okay. in the process. Like if you're going to do like a like a skincare line of like six items, for example, I'm for sure like a three hundred k gonna you'll need about it to kind of get you all the way through the process. I mean, formulations are about twenty-five to thirty-five thousand each per item, depending on how difficult it is. Like an OTC drug is about thirty-five thousand. You have to go through all this extra regulatory and right. an OTC drug. You know, for your viewers, can be you know an SPF or a hand sanitizer, a hair regrowth, or acne. That's kind of like the four categories for for OTCs that we deal with. Um, and but then you got to get your packaging and your bottles and your manufacturing. it's it, you know it's not an inexpensive process. And that's why you have a lot of companies that offer private label that have you know formulations that are ready, already ready to go for kind of new startups. But the only issue is that you don't own the formulation, you can't change anything. So you're kind of held hostage in a way to where you get it from. Because if you, if you if you do a private label wise, and you become very successful, whoever you're buying it from really owns your stuff, right? You don't really own right. anything. That's kind of the issue. So I, I, a big chunk of our business. Are people that actually started that way and become successful, and then we have to reverse engineer their own products the so they can own them, which kind of sucks, you know, for them on their end. But it's like so we kind of come like this, like, the, like kind of like the nose job guy that fixes botched nose jobs, right? We have to go back, right? retold us, pull it.
1: That's insane. I mean, I just love the inner workings of all of this stuff you know that we don't see on the outside. You just think, oh, here's yeah. this fabulous. I- I-
0: yeah and as you're talking as you're, as I'm sitting here thinking about well, who, the clients we have right now, actually every single one of them are a reverse engineer of their own their of their own product so that's that's where so that's unfortunately if you start the wrong way ten years ago and you don't own your stuff then you don't you don't you have to now have to get all your regulatory documents together if you're a successful brand you have to be able to if you're going to go overseas for example you got to have all your your SDS, SDS, which is like a safety data sheet, see about your certificate of analysis, which shows like your, your pH, your odor, viscosity, your color. So all the stuff that they would not be able to have if you're a private label brand rather than having to reverse engineer it.
1: Wow. So an interesting tip here for people who might be thinking about wanting to get into this industry is that you recommend hiring a formulator right at the top.
0: If you, yeah, if you can. I mean, to your point, not everyone can afford it, which is totally fine. I mean, going on a private label route is definitely way more inexpensive for sure. But if you are successful, then a lot of times, unfortunately, three or four years later, you got to pay all those fees all over again because you don't own anything. So you have no IP. Right. You don't, your, your brand is not really worth anything.
1: Right. Wow. I mean, so much goes into this stuff. Oh, um, yeah. Tell us a little bit about this documentary coming out.
0: So, so one of the questions I've gotten my whole entire career, you probably even your business probably get it too. Is like, how do you do it? Like, how do these products get to the market? You know, if I'm sitting on an airplane next to a, a you know lady, and I say, hey, I'm a that she asked me, what I do. I said, I'm a cosmetic chemist. The first thing happens, the purse gets dumped in my lap. How did you make this lipstick? How does that? So that, I've been asked that my whole life. You know, so that was what the documentary was being about. Actually showing America how we make this. How we make these products kind of from concept to launch. And it pros follow a profile of a couple of my celebrity clients that we're working with and my end doctors and these brands. And they followed me around for seven. So it's been seven years and following me around with these cameras. because So you know, to kind of showing all the beginning, the middle, and the how these brands actually came to market. Um, so really, it's kind of a deep dive and showing America how the products are made, what goes in behind it, the manufacturing process, and all, all my personal life, of course, is in it as well. Uh, so just by default. And you know, because I've had, as you probably saw in the book, a lot has happened. So it's in the Yeah. You know, yeah.
1: So when, when, when is the, so the book is available now. Yeah. Um, when is the documentary? And I saw that the documentary had 2021 as the date, but when, yeah. where can we see it? What How is it going to be? Is it streamed? Yeah,
0: sometime in the late fall. Right now we're doing the film festival route at the moment. So we don't know where it's going to live exactly in the fall, but it'd be most likely Hulu, Apple, you know, Netflix, et cetera. We don't know where it's going to actually live quite yet, but one of those places um, in, in the very late fall.
1: And it was called, uh, uh, it was called...
0: Uh, skin Deep Formulating a Legacy.
1: Skin Deep Formulating a Legacy. Right. I'm telling you, go to your website. You have to see this. Is What is it? VinceSpinato.com? Yep,
0: exactly. And exactly.
1: you can see all of these trailers. I cannot wait for this documentary to come out. Vince, I got to tell you, I was so excited to have you on today. Um, okay. I feel like I want to bring you back more. I could talk to you forever because I love the inner workings of how these We're products forever. Be careful there. Um, you know, if people want to know more about this, if they want to know more about your book, your fabulous line, or this movie, where's the best place for them to go?
0: The, the, really, the starting point is probably my website. You said the VincePanano.com, because everything lives there. And all my all my social media is all just my name. So it's really simple. All the IG, Facebook, everything is just my name. Uh, but the, the, the website will take you to the book, take you to the documentary, take you to my product line, and also, uh, you know, the, the fragrance work we're doing for Ms. Garland coming up. So there's a lot going on, which is great.
1: That is so wonderful. Her 100th birthday, birth—it's her hundredth birthday anniversary, right. and that will be next year. Yeah, we're June, launching this uh,
0: her, yeah, June tenth, 2022 is her hundredth birthday. Correct.
1: And did I, did I hear Liza Minnelli's involved in this?
0: The whole family is involved. Yep, Lorna loved her daughter, Liza her daughter, and Joey left the son. So that's been really great. So I'm working directly with the estate and the trust. You know, of, of Judy Garland's estate and trust. So I'm working with the family, which is very, which is lovely. Because a lot of times that never happens. Um, so that's what's been so. So I, for me, on my end developing the fragrance you know for someone i'm a massive fan of number one but i'm also a fan which has been fun right um to get all the inner workings of what judy uh didn't wear what she did wear what she liked what she didn't like, even down the food I mean, her family knows all this so it's been really really helpful so you have all this backstory of all old hollywood and what went on and what didn't go on you know judy had a very rough life as we all know it's very public you know um and you know, she's obviously is one, of the, one of the biggest gay icon, icons in the world. So we're making this product unisex, of course, from day I one. Because make sure we have the gay market involved, uh, the male gay market, and of course, women. So it's going to be a unisex fragrance for both sexes. Um, and most people probably know that gay pride months, maybe you don't, maybe you don't know, it's all because of Judy Garland. She was born in June. She passed away in June. Our rainbow fly, it's because of Over the Rainbow. So it's, everything is Judy Garland. Right. Gay community. I
1: knew that gay. I, I knew that gay pride month was in June. I did not know, and I'm surprised at this. I, I did not know that history. So it's because of Judy Garland.
0: Correct, she, correct. She was born in June. She passed away in June. And also, even our rainbow flag is for, because, it, because of cut the over to rainbow. So everything is tied into her, you know. So and it and it also was the Stonewall riots that happened the night of her funeral. So there was right. a couple, but but really, when we when you talk to the gay community, it's really because of of Judy Garland's passing uh, that night, which was called the Stonewall riots. You know, so, it, so she's, so I'm honored to be doing it. it, it for me, it's, it's my, my biggest celebrity project for me and, and she happens to be deceased, you know, but it's um uh, I'm very excited it's about it. It's the best.
1: It. I, have, I, have, I have goosebumps right now. This is so amazing. I can't wait. I can't wait to smell that. I'm definitely bringing you back on here. So I'm going to cool. tell everybody at home, if you've got questions that you want me to ask Vince, because he is so fascinating, send them my way. Hello at com. Vince, thank you so much for spending your time You're today. Welcome.
0: You too. Thank you for all your time. I appreciate it.
1: And you can find us here on Facebook, Instagram, and of course, YouTube at Art Beauty Podcast. And as always, we will see you next Tuesday. Bye.
0: Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw